Today we take a look at two stories, and while they may not sound creepy at first, the implications are downright terrifying. First off, when a man gets home after a long day of work and decides to take a quick nap, he has no idea he's about to end up in the hospital room and all over the internet. And then we meet a group of teenagers who are about to have an amazing sleepover. You bring the pizza, I'll bring the games. We'll stay up late, having fun, watching movies, doing what dudes do. But little do they know the party's about to take a turn for the bazaar when one of these teenagers takes their shirt off. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day, too. I hope you guys had a really cool weekend. I hope you guys had lots of fun doing whatever you're doing. We got a ton of stuff to cover, so we're going to get started right away. First off, walking into Dead Rabbit Command, bringing in a fan and an air conditioner. Everyone give it up for our newest Patreon supporter, Jordan. Woohoo! Yeah! Wee! Yeah! <laughs> Come on in! I'm, I'm clapping quietly. I'm recording this episode late at night because it's so hot during the day now. I'm having a hard time recording during the day. I'm not only recording this episode at night. Go ahead and set that air conditioner down over there, Jordan. Thanks. Not only am I recording it at night, I'm still I'm still covered in sweat. Still, I don't know why it's so hot here at night. And it's like right before my bedtime. It's right before everybody's bedtime. I have to work tomorrow morning. So I'm actually going to take this Benadryl. And start recording the episode. So once it's done, I'll be able to go to sleep after talking about these horrifying stories. These are two weird ones. I'll be able to peacefully go to sleep. You know what's interesting? I read an article about Benadryl the other day. Um, as I'm taking it. Yolp, as I took my two little pink pills. Apparently, there is a link between Benadryl and Alzheimer's. Which... It kind of checks out, right? I mean, the fact that you take it, you're sent to the shadow realm. You're sent to a world where time and reason does not exist, where the creatures from beyond imagination lurk right beyond your eyelids. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's causing some permanent brain damage as well. I totally get that. So you probably shouldn't take too much of it, but it does help you sleep. Actually, that is, if you look at the ingredients for most sleeping pills, it's just a blue-colored... Benadryl. It's the exact same ingredient. So crazy. That's not what the episode's about. I'm like, there's a conspiracy there. There might be, actually, now that I think about it. If I was a shadow man, what is to stop me from... Jordan, you know what? Fire up the Jason Jalopy. This wasn't one of the stories that I thought about doing, and even though I want to hurry this episode up. Jordan, fire up the Jason Jalopy. Let's drive out to a Benadryl research center. <laughs> We're headed out to this Benadryl Research Center, and we walk in, and we see all the scientists standing around their lab coats and stuff like that. We're like, hey, guys, we want to meet the boss. And they're like, sure, that's Jerry over there. And we see Jerry. He's sitting at his desk. He's typing out stuff. He's like, Benadryl sure is good. It's really easy to write these reports. Benadryl's the best. We go, hey, Jerry, uh, we want to meet your boss. And his eyes kind of go side to side. And he's like, you're the CEO? You want to meet the CEO of Benadryl Incorporated? We're like, we want to meet his boss. And then 
there it's in the back room there's actually like the science's office has a door in it and it's a ceo on it we just walk in we're barging in we're knocking over papers and stuff like that we've become rowdy all of a sudden we're like we want the boss <laughs> bruce springsteen comes out starts playing for us we're like not him not him we want the real boss of benadryl because think about it here here here's my conspiracy theory that i just came up with what two minutes ago just popped in my head I had a whole themed episode ready to go. This is not part of the theme. Benadryl kicked in real quick tonight. When you think of a paranormal entity, you got to think of a couple different things. One, what's their power level? Ghosts, usually, you know, float through walls. Maybe you'll smell lavender or grandpa's cigar or something like that. You know, it, it's cute. It's a parlor trick, though, in the world of the paranormal. As I'm saying that, ghosts are beating me up. They're like, why do you always insult us? You know, whatever, like, sure, if you're making, like, stuff fly around and hit me, ashtrays, bricks, you you got my attention, ghost. You've also got me in a coma. I'm now lost in the world between the living and the dead. Ghosts, though, they tend to have, like, a certain power level. Demons have a certain power level, which is more powerful than a ghost. You So you got to think of, like, where the power level is. What they're capable of doing is what I'm getting at. But the second thing is motive. Most ghosts, when they're dead, they may be spooky on purpose. They may be spooky on accident. But a lot of times, they kind of stay in their lane. They don't have any advanced machinations against the living. Demons, their whole goal is to tempt humans and to make them fall and all of that. Where do the shadow people fall into this? This has been a big mystery, really, throughout the course of this show and and just paranormal research altogether. Who are the shadow people? What can they do? A lot of times shadow people just kind of stand there. We had a coverage story recently where a shadow man threw a guy out a window. So, I mean, sometimes they're dynamic, but a lot of times they're just kind of hanging out. Here's my question. We don't know what they are. We don't know what their power level is. They do seem to just kind of idle about. They're not up to much. I guess it probably takes a lot of energy moving through the vastness of the void. They're like, oh, it got cramps. It got cramps. They're like, I'm just going to stand here for a while. I'm just going to stand here at the foot of your bed. What if, I mean, think about it. If I was an extra dimensional entity, I would want people to see me. I'm like a black monster man from another dimension and I come to earth and I'm standing there on a street corner and people are walking by me and they don't see me. I'm like, huh, what? And I realized that I'm from another dimension. I was like, oh man, I was hoping everyone would be peeing their pants, but they're not. I'm just standing here. Like I just saw a woman push a baby stroller right through me. That's not scary. So then I would go, how am I going to get people to see me? I've got it. I could probably just change my dimensional vibration, make myself visible, but that sounds like too much work. Instead, I'm going to invent Benadryl. Instead, I'm going to invent a medicine that's super useful to everybody. I'm going to invent allergies. I'm like, ah, pollen, I'm all kicking trees. I'm shaking shaking flowers and stuff like that. I'm like, ha I've invented allergies and people are all sneezing and they're like, we need something. And then I put on a lab coat. It's just a floating lab coat. They're like, what? That's kind of terrifying. I was like, oh, I was playing halfway there i'm a floating lab coat and i go let's invent benadryl let's make this a drug that if you do too much of it you will see me you'll see me and all of my friends and we'll just stand there in the darkness all spooky and stuff and you'll be like tripping tripping so hard 
you'll have no choice but to like see me like punching your eyelids and stuff like that as you're trying to sleep i'm like prying them open and sticking my head right up against your iris and being like did you forget about me so is it possible <laughs> it's possible based on this very anecdotal story that if I was a monster, if I was a shadow person, I would want I would want to be famous. I'm all on American Idol. It's like, hey, if you want to vote this week, <laughs> 10 bottles of Benadryl. And then you can vote. People are like, what? That's kind of weird, but I really like American Idol. And everyone's swallowing it, and I'm all dancing on stage. <laughs> based, on, <laughs> based on that extremely anecdotal story that I would want to be a famous monster. I'd want everyone to know me. Is it possible, <laughs> based on that story, I'm going to make this very libelous claim. Is it possible that Benadryl was created by, by a demon, by some sort of Denzian of hell, so it would get noticed? And you could go, Jason, That's a, that might be the best conspiracy theory you've ever come up with. <laughs> the shadow person told me that. I'm hallucinating right now. But... Let's go ahead and get this episode started, Jordan. Jordan, we're going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the Dead Rabbit Dirigible. We're leaving behind Benadryl headquarters. Fly us all the way out to Ghana. All the way out to Ghana. Some of you guys may have seen this news story, but you haven't seen it like this because I found some additional information. It's going to blow the lid off this whole thing. <laughs> You're like, Jason, are you going to go off on some half-inched half conspiracy theory? You already did it about pasta. Now you're doing it about Benadryl. So this was a clickbaity story that was going around. But there is a a, a, more, a creepier twist to it, if you can believe it. The, this story is absolutely insane. We're headed to Ghana. Specifically, we're headed to Asim Akomfode, Ghana. We're about to meet a farmer named Kofi Atta. He's 47 years old and he's toiling the soil. He's like, ah, yes, the farm that I have built myself. Look at that corn grow. See those chickens over there? <laughs> I personally laid those eggs. They came out of my body. Like, what? I built this whole farm. But you know what? It's time to go home and take a nap. It's been a long day. <laughs> it's been a long day laying eggs. It's time to go home and take a nap. So he goes home. And he sits in his favorite chair, and very quickly he falls asleep. And in dreamland, he's sitting there in this beautiful kitchen, and in front of him he has this delicious piece of meat. And he's like, oh my goodness, this is so good. He's all feeling it. He's like, oh, he's rubbing it against his cheek. Ah, yes, soon you will be in my mouth, down my tongue, through my esophagus, finally into my belly. But for now, for now, I'm just going to slowly caress you. This delicious piece of meat, he's looking at it. His mouth is watering. And he goes, but first, before you can eat the meat... You must cut the meat. I don't know if he's giving this monologue. I don't even know who he's talking to. He's in the dream world. Maybe Garfield standing next to him. He's like, I don't think that's a good idea, Kofi. So Kofi gets this knife and he's looking at this delicious. I'm assuming it's, I'm assuming he's not a werewolf. I'm assuming it's cooked in the dream. I don't think it's this raw slab of flesh. This delicious cooked piece of meat. And he grabs this knife. It's sparkling in the morning sun. ding goes now i will cut this delicious piece of meat soon you will be in my 
skewing that monologue again past my lips across my tongue garfield's like oh man he kofi takes the knife and he begins cutting at the meat it's cooked it's nice and juicy right you have the right amount of juice oils shooting out grease <laughs> Is what it's normally called. What's that clear stuff that shoots out of a cooked steak? And then you got a little bit of blood, right? You like you don't want it too cooked. Soup, soup. He's cutting with this serrated knife, and the meat's just peeling apart. It's oh man, he's thinking, I can't wait, I can't wait to eat this. Oh yeah, and he's just sawing, sawing, sawing at the meat. And then he wakes up. He wakes up from his dream. He had this delicious piece of meat in front of him. He wakes up from this dream. He's sitting in his chair in his house and he's covered in blood. This is a true story. I found this posted several places online. The the BBC being one of them. While it might sound like a horrendous cautionary tale, I don't know what it's cautioning you. (laughs) Cautioning you against sleeping? Dreaming? They're like, don't have dreams. Don't have lovely dreams. Kofi woke up covered in blood. He was holding a knife in one hand. And he was sawing off. Think, think. You're like, what, his finger? His tongue? He was talking a lot about his tongue. Kofi was sawing, he had this knife, and he was cutting off his testicles. And in the most reasonable part of the story, he begins screaming out loud. He begins screaming at the top of his lungs. He's covered in blood. He's slicing his testicles off. Neighbors came running over and they saw him. They probably wished they probably wished they had it. They're probably like, oh man, I'm sorry. I was the fastest person here. I should have uh, stopped to check the mail first and not have seen any of this. They run in and there's blood everywhere and his testicles are cut. Now, what's interesting, I read several articles on this. I wanted to get to the truth of this story. I wanted to bust open Ballgate. He's cutting his testicles. Now, some of the articles say he only had... Which was, I mean, when it's involving your testicles... To say you only had a deep laceration, that's pretty bad. (laughs) That's that's still really, really, really bad. Some of the articles said he he only had a deep laceration in his testicles. Other articles were saying it had substantial damage that doctors didn't know if they would ever work again. So, I mean, somewhere somewhere in between a deep, self-inflicted slice across your own ball sack versus the doctor gun, those things are pretty busted up. Like, we're going to bandage you up. We're going to try to do our best. But, I mean, be careful how you sit down. We don't know. We don't know how damaged the testicles are. But, again, any amount. <laughs> any amount is terrible. Now, like I said in the intro... This became, like, I saw these articles all over the place. And what's interesting, I read a lot of true crime. Way more than I cover on the show. I do a lot of my TikTok, YouTube shorts. I do a lot of true crime. But I read a ton of true crime. And one thing that you'll see in a lot of them is GoFundMes. Horrible family tragedy. There's a GoFundMe for the survivors or a GoFundMe for the funeral costs or whatever. 
we see that all the time. So Kofi Atta, he went to the hospital for either a deep laceration or total testicular replacement. We don't know. He could have Robocop balls at this point. We don't know. But he started to go fund me, say, hey, I need help to pay off these medical bills. Generally, when they say, hey, this family needs money to bury the, all these victims who died, there's a link in the article that you can just click. It's super easy, right? You click on it, you send them five bucks. Um, he, I, like I said, I read a bunch of articles on this. He said, hey, I need to go fund me. I need money. And none of the articles had links to his GoFundMe. This boy, he's like, please, the hospital won't let me leave. They have my balls in a jar. He said they'll give them back to me if I can get them money. None of these articles would link to his GoFundMe. I don't know if it was a deliberate thing. I don't think the article in the media was like, oh, we're not helping this guy. It's a terrifying story. It makes you scared to sleep <laughs> as you're listening to this podcast. As you're falling asleep, you're like now trying to stay awake. You're making yourself vomit up all that Benadryl. It's a terrifying story, but then there's an even creepier component to it. Like just that, that's kind of like a goofy, that's kind of a goofy news story that I obviously would have told on the podcast regardless. But one thing I love about doing the show that it does make me keep looking. It does make me research more on these stories. I found an article actually from a Ghana website, from like a Ghana news website called My Joy Online. So all this other stuff was like BBC and then like Anom Alien, which is where I originally found it. It's like a paranormal weird news site. But when I got to My Joy Online, they talked to him more after all of this stuff. And he gave more detail. This is a really, really creepy detail. Creepier than just simply falling asleep and cutting off your own testicles. He And this was not reported anywhere else except for my joy in line. He goes, before I went home to go to sleep, I went to a local bar. And he goes, I go there a lot and I always order the same drink. It's a local gin that's produced in his region. And he goes, this day I got two shots of it. And then I asked the bartender for a cutlass which I would think was a sword that pirates wielded, you know? Um, Generally, a cutlass is a sword that might be slang for a long knife over there because the bartender handed him a cutlass. He's like, all right, matey, here you go, Kofi. Um, I don't think he handed him. He's like, would you like the scabbard as well? I think he probably just handed him a long knife. But anyways... Kofi took this knife. This all happened before. None of this was reported anywhere else. He takes this knife and he goes, I tested it. And it wasn't sharp enough. We don't know what he tested it on. <laughs> He's like slicing his knees. He's like, nope. He goes, can I have a sharper knife? And the bartender's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> this really bad bartender. This really bad bartender here. Have two shots of your favorite gin. Oh, you want a knife? How sharp do you want it? Kofi takes the knife and he goes, I left the bar. And suddenly, without any explanation, this is so creepy, he goes, suddenly, without any explanation, I've never had this feeling before, I wanted to kill myself. And I didn't understand why. It was completely out of character for me. I wanted to end my life. He goes, I begin to walk into the bush which is like a slang term for like the outdoors. <laughs> not, there's not just simply one bush in Ghana. Everyone's like, oh, the bush. I know where that's at. He said, I began to walk into the bush and I don't remember anything after that. That's super creepy. 
that's terrifying. Because again, the first story is like, oh, if you read these articles, because I'll have them all in the show notes, they'll be like, oh, there's this type of sleepwalking where you can do complex movements while you're sleeping. That's probably what he did. But the story from the local Ghana news source is it's like it's it feels demonic. Like he's walking out into the wilderness. Almost, I mean, again, maybe that maybe his house is on the other side of this outdoorsy area. And that's how he gets home. But he doesn't remember getting home. He doesn't remember sitting in the chair. He doesn't remember sleeping. He remembers the dream. Because he does mention that in the My Joy Online thing. But he took this... Why did he want the knife in the first place? Who knows? But as he's walking out of the bar, all of a sudden, out of character for him, he wanted to kill himself. He wanted to end all of his suffering, and then the next thing he knows, he's sitting in a chair, cutting his testicles open. So what actually happened to this guy? Like, was it some sort of possession? Was it some sort of spell? Was it, a, was it a, like a manic episode? But then you remember, like, he blacked out. He doesn't remember getting home. It, it's, it's such a more terrifying, possibly paranormal layer on top of an already, like, it's just a weird news story. But it makes it 10 times creepier when you add that element. I imagine just you're walking out it. You go to a place. You're there all the time. It's a place you go to relax. You're walking out and all of a sudden you just want to slit your throat. You want to bleed all over the street. And then you black out. And then you wake up and you've horribly injured yourself. And nobody can give them money even if they wanted to. You can't even find his GoFundMe. It's a crazy story, and that extra little element made it extra creepy. Jordan, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Carpenter Copter. We are leaving behind Ghana. Fly us all the way out to Canada. Specifically, we're headed to Ontario, Canada. This is another story that, at first glance, it may seem goofy, and it is, but it has terrifying implications for us all. We're in Ontario, Canada. It's September 2010. We're about to meet some young men. Now, these aren't their actual names. This story was posted anonymously, but we're going to go ahead and say the first, the narrator character, the person that all these events happened to, we're going to call him Chris. Chris is a 15-year-old kid, and he's headed over to his friend's house, who we're going to call Eric. So he's headed over to Eric's house, and Chris is bringing along his buddy, Paul. So you have Chris, Paul, and Eric. They're all hanging out at this house. They're just going to chill. They're just hanging out, having fun. The night goes on, and Eric's sitting there. He's listening to music. Uh, Paul and Chris are just channel surfing. And he's set, you know, it's just kind of like a casual evening. They're not like glued to the television set, but Chris said they're all kind of sitting there on the ground, just just chilling. So he goes, I'm laying on the floor and my shirt is halfway up and I'm laying there and I start rubbing my tummy. Chris is laying there. <laughs> he's Winnie the Pooh. He's like, oh, bother. When do we get more, honey? Chris is sitting there and he's rubbing his tummy 
He goes, I do this while I'm relaxing. Oh, bother. What a relaxing evening. He's just laying there on his back, rubbing his stomach. And at that point, Paul goes, dude, what's on your stomach? Chris looks down, and on his belly, on his exposed belly, is a message. He's looking at it, and he goes, it was black ink. The The letters were in black, and they were in Comic Sans font. And he goes, I know it was Comic Sans. He goes, I instantly recognized it. He goes, because back then, I used it all the time when I was in elementary school. I thought it was the coolest font. I always used Comic Sans. So I looked down, and on my stomach, written in black ink... Black something, printed in black, however you want to describe it, is writing in Comic Sans on his stomach. Now, he goes, the font was perfect. There were no smudges. It wasn't like someone did a real quick job with it with a Sharpie. And he goes, um, it wasn't just a word or two, which again would be alarming enough, right? If you all of a sudden look down and you had words written on you. Two would be weird. He said it was a paragraph. He said it was several sentences written across his stomach. And even from, you know, he's looking down at his own stomach, he could tell it was backwards. The writing was backwards. So his first, obviously, right, his first theory is that It's a bunch of dudes hanging out. Paul and Eric are playing some sort of prank on him. Somehow, they were able to write a paragraph on his stomach without him knowing. He thinks, guys, what are you doing? You guys wrote on me. They're like, that's not possible. There's no no way we could have done that. Uh, Chris tries to rub it off. Can't. Won't even smudge. That's why he doesn't think it's necessarily like ink in the sense of like an ink pen. Won't even smudge. And and Eric goes, well, Chris, earlier you were laying on some papers. Maybe the ink, (laughs) maybe you're made of silly putty and the ink rubbed off on your stomach. But again, as he was trying to wipe it down, it wouldn't even budge or smudge would be the technical term. It wouldn't leave. And after trying desperately to rub it off, all of a sudden a new idea pops in Chris's head. Let's see what it says. So, yeah, I mean, that's a good idea, right? That could give him a clue to where it came from. Or it could decipher a <laughs> message from beyond. At this point, you don't know where this writing came from. So they all run into the bathroom, and Chris has his shirt up. And he goes, the second we all got in the bathroom, and I lifted my shirt up so we could read it in the mirror, we could read it clearly, the writing began to disappear. And he said it didn't fade away. It didn't blink away. He said, and again, the weird detail, if this story's true, this is one of those stories that sounds so bizarre. So bizarre. He said it didn't fade away, it didn't blink away. He goes, all three of us watched it unwrite itself. Letter by letter. You could actually see the... It would be like if you wrote something out on a piece of paper and then played it back in reverse. He goes, we are watching each letter unwrite itself. 
he said it happened incredibly fast there. Remember, this was about a paragraph of text. He said within five seconds, the entire thing had unwritten itself. Exclamation points. So they have no idea what it said. Zero clue of what it said. And really zero clue of how it appeared in the first place. You figured if it was a smudge from a book laying down on a old newspaper or if you were laying down on a copy of Animal Farm and you rolled over and it's like Snowball punched the cow in the face and said, I'm the cow now. This is my farm an Animal Farm. You'd be like, oh, I slept on a copy of Animal Farm. I was doing my book report. <laughs> I dreamt. I dreamt I was on the Animal Farm. I woke up and I had slaughtered my entire family. It would give you a clue. He goes, we had no idea how it got there. Here's the thing. So th you have to stop kind of thinking of scientific explanations when you watch it unwrite itself in the mirror. Like you could say it was it was a prank. The kids were pranking him. You could say that he laid on a magazine. But when you when you watch it actually disappear before your eyes and not fade away, not smudge, unwrite itself, you got to go, okay, that's... <laughs> that's pretty paranormal right there. That's pretty paranormal. That was not carbon monoxide that caused that. Chris, he said, this is an interesting theory. And it's possible. I mean, really, I don't have anything else to go off of. I think his theory is probably as good as any I could come up with. His one was that... What if... In an alternate universe, you know, this is going to be good, right? You know, it's going to just be absolutely insane. What if in an alternate universe, someone was printing something out on a printer, but what they were printing out ended up on my... <laughs> You're like, Jason, that might be the dumbest. That would be the dumbest. I'm sure you could come up with something better than that. I don't know. What if someone was printing something out on a printer... And then it showed him on his stomach. There's a guy who has all these tattoos walking around. He's like, what? I don't remember that one. It's like the nutritional label for cool. He's like, what? Oh, man, I didn't get that tattoo. It's covering up that cooler tattoo I had. But now I know that corn has 45 calories per serving. It's insane. It's weird. I mean, we've. I mean, to be fair, we've covered weirder things. But, I mean, when you deal with alternate realities, anything could be possible. It could be that there were two realities on top of each other. There was, like, a printer in Chicago right then printing stuff off. Some guy's, like, turning in his homework. The professor's like, I would have given you an A, but one paragraph was missing. You fail. He's like, what? What? And there's some kid in an alternate reality being like, uh, why do I have homework on my belly? This student's dissertation, he's like, scrub-a-dub-dub, trying to get rid of it. I mean, it's insane. But the reason why I wanted to cover it, I mean, because it's insane, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to cover it. But I, it made me think. So here you had three boys. One of them was rolling around on his stomach or whatever he's doing. He's laying on his back, rubbing his stomach. And... He looked down, or his buddy said, hey, you have writing on your stomach. Now, it's remember everything that had to happen. You had to have these three boys in this house together. You had to have one of them take his shirt off for the moment, you know, roll his shirt up, pat in his belly, and another friend to see it for this whole sequence of events to play out. For them to question where it came from, to go try to decipher it, for them to watch it disappear, and at that point, you know it is paranormal. And it made me think, 
I wonder how much paranormal activity, and I'm using that in the broadest sense of the word, right? Alternate universes, glitches in the matrix, ghosts, everything. I wonder how much paranormal activity happens that we don't notice. And I mean like happens directly to us. Like imagine if right now you're listening to this podcast, you're just sitting back, you're chilling, your shirt's up, you're rubbing your belly, you're like, ah, yes, this is what I always do when I listen to Dead Radio right before falling asleep and dreaming of steak. But while you're doing that on your back, there's a goblin drawing. (laughs) Not just the goblin, you would feel that, you're like, "Ah, I'm getting attacked, you're like, ah, he's clawing your throat open, oh no, too bad, I'm too busy rubbing my belly, I can't defend myself. No, like, think about this, this could be super common, right? You'd be walking around with a book on your back and not even know it. You're walking around and how many, think about how many times during the day, unless you're like a bikini model, how many times during the day is your back exposed or your stomach? Again, unless you're a bikini model, like most people wear shirts to cover up their stomachs. So for all you know, (laughs) now you have a new OCD, you're constantly lifting your shirt up. People are like, uh, hey, uh, I noticed you've (laughs) developed a new habit. You keep uh, exposing your belly to everybody at work. You're like, gotta check. (laughs) Gotta check. You're reading a novel. You're like, oh man, the last paragraph was quite the cliffhanger. They're like, what? Yeah, every so often I get a a new paragraph from some book from beyond. (laughs) Never been published in this reality. So I have to check it. You keep taking bathroom breaks and they hear you in the bathroom going, what happens next? They're like, okay. Can we fire that guy? Can we fire that guy? He keeps showing me his belly. He spends all day long in the bathroom reading a book. Who knows how much paranormal activity happens that we don't know about? Like, think about what had to happen for him to even see this. And I, I mean, the 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 book writing on your stomach is the most extremely bizarre example. But you could also just be that thing of... We're just simply not, a, because, and we talked about this a bit on Friday, so don't go on too much of a rant about it, but because we don't really even truly understand the phenomenon, we don't know what the limits to it are. I, I, there may not be any limits at all. I'm not talking about parallels. Like what if, we were talking about Glimmerman, Glimmerman last week, this new, relatively new cryptid that's like invisible, looks like a, a camouflaged predator. And you go, well, what are going to be the, like, like how, what else is out there? If this is within the past 20 years, this entity, what else is out there that we don't even, can't even think about running into? And so it's, it's just crazy to me because you can laugh at this kid who had writing on his stomach and you go, well, that, that's just an absolutely bizarre story. And it is, but it does make you think, like, think about it. You could be going through your day. You could be going to work and you you go to the boss and he's like, we, we talked to HR, you're not going to expose your stomach today. You're like, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm not going to expose my stomach today. And you go to work and you sit down and you're taking drinks of your coffee and you put your cup down and you put your keys in your drawer and you shut that drawer and your keys completely vanish. And this is, this is far more common than having writing appear on your body. Your key, like, had you continued to look at your keys, you would have seen them go, Doop! And then, you know, a couple hours later, you're going out to lunch. You're going to go swing on by the local Taco Bell and get a Mexican pizza. You open up your drawer and your keys are gone. 
And of course, you look all over for your keys. You can't find, I know I put them in there and you're checking your pockets and you're checking all your stuff. Your buddy says, hey, I'll drive you to Carl's Jr. I fly, you buy. And you're like, yeah, let's do it. So you go down there, you get to Carl's Jr. Come back. You open your drawer, your keys are there. Now, had you observed your keys the entire time, you would have seen them blink out of existence to who knows where and then blink back. But we can't observe everything all the time. You could even argue by observing it, you may be preventing it. But I mean, this kid was just sitting there rubbing his stomach. Like he wasn't wasn't in an isolation chamber. He wasn't floating in a tank, completely blacked out to the world. And then it appeared like he was just chilling, having fun. And this appeared on his stomach. So the observer thing may not, and they observed it disappearing. We may be subject to paranormal, what could only be called paranormal activity all day long, like things. There are just times where we know things disappear. And at the end of the day, we go, I must have not put them there because I'm clearly looking there and they're gone. And then when we find them later, we go, oh, maybe I didn't check that well, but you did. The world of the paranormal could be constantly interfering with us. And I'm picking super benign examples. It could get way crazier, way creepier. Like the first story. All he did was ask for a knife and then he was... I mean, you, you could... See, I think you could say, well, maybe he had was having an anxiety attack. Yeah, Possibly. Maybe all of a sudden he got an intrusive thought of suicide. Yeah, possibly. But remember, he he did black out and cut off his junk. (laughs) So generally, while he could have had an anxiety attack, while he could have just had this uh, intrusive thought kind of take hold that he never experienced before, it went to such an extreme. So yeah, your keys can go missing. We find that inconvenient. Then we find them in the exact same place. We can never understand it. And here's the thing. It happens so often that we actually go, well, it must have been this. It must have been this. It must have been this. But in the the end of the day, if you really thought about it, you're like, no, I know my keys were there. I 100% know my keys were there. And I checked that spot 10 times and they weren't there. And then I left and then I came back and they were right where I left them. That's impossible. But we tell ourselves, oh, no, it must have been this, it must have been this. Isn't that weird? Like, we do. I honestly think that we do experience paranormal things throughout the day. I'm not saying every time you lose. Sometimes your keys do fall behind the fridge. Or you do pick them up and you throw them in your pocket and you're not fully aware of it. Sometimes there is a realistic answer. But there are times where they disappear and reappear in the exact same spot. And what's the logic behind that? We make it up because that's more comforting than saying, wow, I have zero control over my environment and i don't know what the phenomenon is like if you had to come to grips with at any point something could completely disappear in front of you or appear in front of you and you have no control over what the item is where it goes how long it comes back i mean like that that's extremely troubling there's a reason why we live in houses there's a reason why we have locks on our doors to provide us a sense of safety but what if you're just like uh yeah that doesn't matter at any point Anything I own, anything I cherish, or it could just be a piece of junk, may disappear forever. Or it may reappear. Or something I don't own may appear in my house. It's just so weird, and I find that so fascinating. And that's why this story, to me, is it's kind of goofy, and it's honestly unbelievable. But it's also, if this story's true, the stuff you do have stuff missing in your house. Again, sometimes it's you, but sometimes it's not. 
it does it, it's unsettling to think that our reality may not be as concrete as we believe it is as we want it to be it's a silly story about a kid who has this mysterious message on his stomach and again i mean we haven't even cracked that mystery where did it come from what did it say we have no way of determining any of that but it's kind of a silly story but the implications of it is that there could be paranormal if he if these circumstances were not right if he was sitting at his own house not rubbing his stomach, just sitting there watching a television show and his shirt was down, that message would have still appeared on his stomach. And then it would have unwritten itself at a certain point and he never would have known. And you think, how many times do things like that happen to us throughout the day? These weird events. I mean, the keys, at least you notice that. But again, there may be times where you put your keys down. I just keep using that example because we always do it. But your keys disappear. You go to bed. When you wake up, your keys are back. You have no idea they disappeared. But that doesn't mean they didn't disappear. Where are they going? What's going on? These items you know that you had. You bought it from the store. You brought it home. You saw it in the bag. You put the bag in your house. You go do something. A couple hours later, maybe even a couple days later, you come. You open the bag. It's not in there. And we tell ourselves, maybe it fell out in the car, maybe I left it at the store, but you know that it was in the bag. You know that you brought it home, and it's just gone. And I'm picking examples where we notice it. I wonder how many times things appear and disappear in our lives that we don't notice. And there's just something very unsettling about that. It's weird. Noticing it happen, you can kind of make a... You can guess, you can make theories about what happened, but if things are just disappearing and reappearing around you and you don't even know it, you can go, well, if I don't know it, it's not bugging me. No, it's deeply unsettling, honestly. To me, at least. It's deeply unsettling because it just shows that reality. The world of the paranormal and the world of the real are very closely interlinked. And like I said, we don't know where the borders are to the world of the paranormal. We don't know how big it is, how vast it is. And not knowing that, we don't know how much it can actually interfere with reality. Not on a huge basis, not on a ghost or a goblin jump through a window to grab you. But just on a day-to-day basis. How much influence does the world of the paranormal have on our daily lives? And how would we feel? How would we act? How would we be able to maintain sanity if we knew how strong of a hold the world of the unreal actually had over our daily existence? DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.